Well, hey, everybody. Thank you for hanging out with me today. Uh, today is going to be quite a bit different. This is uh, not necessarily one of our online services, but it is online. And I'm here and I want to talk to you. This is going to be an organic conversation. I have some bullet points of things I want to make sure that you hear today. But a lot of what I'm going to share are things that have been worrying around in my head, my heart, my spirit, things I've been praying about, and um, things that we've been getting coaching for, things our team has talked about. And, and so I want to share with you what God is doing at Destiny Church. And so I'm going to do this in uh, three small segments. One is... What has happened so far? We're going to talk about what God has done in and through our church over the last 10 months. What is happening right now? And then where we're headed for the future. And uh, while this is a visionary uh, moment that we have, we're not going to get into a lot of detail, a lot of specifics. And I'll explain that in, in a little bit. Well, back in March, when all the doors shut and everything you know, just kind of came to a crash uh, as COVID-19 began to infect our nation. Uh, Just a few days after the shutdown of the church, I realized that uh, because of a board that I serve on with the Children's Guild in in Baltimore and Washington, D.C., that, wait a minute, we've got a bunch of children, hundreds of children, who have been living at the schools, uh, many of them homeless, or... Uh, they've been coming to schools and they've been getting food. It's a feeding program along with a really amazing school and that schools were shut. They could no longer have school. So I called up the guild and I said, hey, what's the plan for feeding these kids? And <laughs> they said, hey, we'll get back to you. And so um, it, we, I think we were all thinking about the same thing around the same time and what we were going to do with this. So I came to you, Destiny Church. And I said, hey, we need to help these kids. Let's do whatever we can. And in three days, you guys gave $14,000 to this venture. Now, $14,000 to feed hundreds of children for now what's been 10 months, you and I both know that's impossible. I don't know that we had enough food to get through the first week. But what happened to me it's, it's the principle of, of seed faith. It's giving God what you have and letting Him reproduce it. It's the fish and loaf story that, that we read about in Scripture. We gave the $14,000, and the Children's Guild treated it like it was a pot of gold. And they began talking to people and, and you know, saying, hey, you need to check out this church in Leesburg, Virginia. And it was, it's a, kind of crazy. But all of a sudden, the entire board, all the people, the, the people who were donors for the guild, they have an $80 million budget for a nonprofit. People just jumped in. And from that time on, actually, it was one week after we sent the money, it, God just put things together so those children would receive two tons of food every week until... Well, actually, it's still going on, and it's in perpetuity. It's, it's not going to end until the need goes away. We did that. That was amazing. That's when I'm like, okay, um, we're, we're kind of locking in on something that God wants to do. 
we took on another venture, rent relief. Um, I, I got a call from our mayor saying, hey, we've got a problem. We've got a person here who needs rent relief and needs some help. Can you help them? And one thing led to another, and I began to understand in our community there was a real problem with people who were losing their jobs because of COVID, and um, they couldn't pay rent. And um, and it was bad. And, and eventually the government stepped in and, and stopped evictions for uh, a certain group of people, those who were documented. But, you know, in our community, we have many undocumented people living here. And um, the Bible teaches us very clearly. Jesus taught us that we're to care for them, we're to take care of them. So how do you how do you help these people? And and so. We just took a $15,000 seed money that some people gave to, and we started paying people's rent. And we went through with Loudon Cares and Catholic Charities to make sure everything was vetted. And, And it was really pretty awesome, except we were running out of money. But because we had taken this step, we were eligible for a grant with Loudon County's CARES Act, and received $42,500, which we have been giving away every week as, as much as we could to people in need. And just a few moments ago, I got an email from Brian Renzing, who I, who has been overseeing this force and taking care of, of all the, all the people, making sure the money gets to the right places. Here's what we've done as a church. We've paid rent for 46 families. That's 146 people. 62 of these people were children. The majority of our giving was to Leesburg. There were some people in Ashford and Sterling, but primarily it was just in the town. All of these people were people who were affected by COVID, who were looking at possible eviction that we were able to step in and stop. Most of these are people who could not get employ or get unemployment benefits because they were not eligible. And um, it's just been amazing. And speaking of um, of amazing, the renters are going to talk a little bit more about what's going on with with rent relief. But before they do, I want to bring up one other thing. And that is through all of this, we've become really close partners and friends with Tree of Life. And uh, Tree of Life, if you don't know who they are, they are the most amazing community benevolence folks around. They are fervent in their their commitment to help people who are in need. They are fervent about the message of Jesus Christ. And so we've built this partnership with Tree of Life. So we are now with them in their benevolence ministry. So all of our local benevolence is now going through Tree of Life, and that partnership has been amazing. And uh, so speaking of the Renzines and Tree of Life, uh, I want them to talk a little bit, Jen and Brian, about what we're doing with Tree of Life right now. What's up, Destiny family? As I reflect on 2020, I'm amazed at the things we've accomplished for God's kingdom together. Jennifer and I, at the beginning of the year, had a vision to create more outreach opportunities with you, Destiny. Uh, That started by creating a small group that was focused on partnering with Tree of Life to do grocery delivery. If we're honest with ourselves, that probably didn't work out as well as we had hoped. Uh, But it was a seed for many uh, great things to come, and for that I'm grateful. 
Uh, if we think about grocery delivery alone, we deliver groceries twice a week, uh, sometimes delivering as few as, uh, as five families or as many as uh, 20 or more. And if I think about just Destiny's impact in that ministry alone, we probably serve together over 400 families, which is amazing. Thank you. Uh, also, in preparation for this school year, uh, your donations of money and goods uh, helped us uh, give backpacks of school materials to over 60 kids uh, in the area, which is fantastic. So they may not have been going to school, but they had a backpack that they could call their own and, and, uh, and have school. Uh, we also prepared the uh, Simply Bee coffee shop for opening, which is uh, a, a, a coffee shop that gives the special needs community a way to out, you know, give them an outlet and give them an opportunity to serve the community with their talents and their needs. And if you haven't been there, you really need to go over there and check out the coffee and the pastries. Uh, we also helped open the uh, food pantry uh, at, uh, at Leesburg. And as part of that, we did two things. We donated 2,500 pounds of food. Destiny Church alone donated 2,500 pounds of food. And we also had a food drive uh, to uh, get that food pantry started uh, where we collected about 4,000 pounds of food from the community together. And then uh, uh, finally, because that was so successful, uh, the, the Leesburg Pantry is overflowing with food. And because of that, uh, Destiny is providing a storage space for that overflow of food. And uh, it just is a great blessing to see that there is an opportunity to, to continue to build on uh, the great work that Tree of Life is doing that you have helped out with. And I'd like to pass it on to Jennifer to speak to the Christmas for Others event, which is the most recent event that you helped us with. So thank you again, and here is Jennifer. Hi, Destiny family. I am here with two of my very good friends from Tree of Life Leesburg, and we just are here today to say thank you for all of your support this year with Christmas for Others. And with that, I'd like my dear friend Gwen to have a few moments to say thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Destiny Church. You have been a blessing to this ministry and to the community with your support of Christmas for Others. We love you, we thank you, and Merry Christmas to you all. Church, I can't thank you enough for being the hands and feet of Jesus this year. It has been an interesting year to say the least. And not only have you helped us week after week with food donations, but you also came alongside us and actually part of the building of our brick and mortar here in Leesburg. So thank you for all that you have done. Thank you as we continue to strengthen this partnership in 2021. And God bless you and Merry Christmas. Isn't that amazing? It's so exciting to me to see us engaged uh, in such a powerful way with Tree of Life. With, I mean, not just financially, but people going and serving and helping right here out of our church. It's, thank you guys for all the work you're doing. Let me just bring you up to date on a couple of other things that are happening right now, like this week. This past week, we were able to hand over to Tree of Life another $13,000. These are, were accumulations of gifts that you gave to benevolence just to help people. So, 
So the Renzines are overseeing where this money goes so it can make the most impact and, 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 and answer the biggest needs that are represented by Tree of Life. $13,000. Nobody was expecting this. It just came in, and now it's going out. Thank you. Thank you for giving to our Benevolence Fund. So uh, let's look internationally at what God's doing right now. Iglesia del Destino, in other words, Destiny Church of the Blessing in Guatemala. This is Rachel Nello. They're, I am so proud of this couple. They are doing an amazing work. And you guys have blessed them. We've been able to, during this, this pandemic, we've been able to send thousands and thousands of dollars to them to help with their ministry, which is, as you can see from the pictures, just blowing up. It's incredible. In fact, uh, somebody sent $10,000 to them uh, through our church to, uh, to buy a van for their ministry. And, and it's incredible. They needed that. And, and so thank you once again. Here's something else. The Thanksgiving offering. You know, I, I, <laughs> I went out on a limb this year. Um, I, I just prayed and asked God to, to give us what we needed, and I've asked you for $100,000. Now, you have to understand, we've, we've received that much in years past, but we were here every Sunday talking to you about it, you know, sharing the need with you. And, um, man, when I thought about what we needed and what, what we were asking God for, I thought this year $100,000 was was a lot of faith and maybe some crazy stuff uh, on top of that. So let me tell you what you did. As of uh, a couple days ago, uh, I'm filming this on the 22nd. So as of the 20th, um, you've given over $102,000. <laughs> I want to cry. I mean, this is, this is so wonderful. And I just want to say thank you. You guys are amazing. We did it. We needed it. God has supplied our needs. And I know he's blessing you. And once again, thank you. What, a, what an amazing church. What an amazing picture of what God is doing in and through your lives. So, part three, where are we headed? I've shared this with you before. Um, you know, I, I went into the hospital for back surgery in March, and by the time I got out of surgery, I was in the hospital for a week, came home, uh, got off the drugs, and um, woke up to la-la land. It felt like because our church had closed its doors, the school had shut down, my business, all my employees were, were all over the place other than in the offices working, um, I mean, every we experienced uh, over and over the impact of COVID in March. Um, I first I was overwhelmed uh, just with, you know, one of those was big enough, but three of these big things in my life shutting down um, normally would have would have really taken me, uh, you know, it'd take me a long time to get over. But something was going on in my spirit, my heart. And um, almost uh, instantly, when I realized the impact of what was going on, I also realized that God was in the middle of this. 
No, he didn't create COVID. But God took the situation, which, by the way, was no surprise to him. And he has done some things to allow the church, and, and I'm just speaking for our country right now, to allow the church in the United States to just totally reframe itself, to stop and realize, whoa, we have a chance like no other time in the history of the church in America, we have a chance to regroup and rethink how we do church. So I've had this stirring in me. I've, I've been talking to people. I, I called some of my mentors and, and spent hours and hours on the phone with them. Um, I've written to people who I felt could weigh in. And, um, and the Lord's been shaping some ideas and some thoughts in my head and my heart that I'm going to share with you uh, right now, or just in a moment here on video. But um, this video that I'm going to show uh, was a video that was requested by Exponential. Exponential is uh, probably the largest group of pastors network in the country now. And uh, there's a group inside of that group called Reproducing Churches. And so they asked me if I would put this video together to just talk about where we are, what we're thinking, what's going on in our hearts and our heads. And um, so I'm going to show you the video. And you have to remember that this was filmed for other pastors. But I, I feel like you need to see this. And you need to know what's going on inside of me and, and our leaders and, and just the things we're praying about. Uh, some of this you may not be able to understand simply due to the fact that this was sent to a group who has context that you don't have right now. But, but through the end of January, you'll have that context. You'll have all the pieces to work with. Some of this, I promise, is a little raw. It's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel like a, a change-up. You know, Greg, what are you thinking? What are, what's going on here? And I, I understand that change is challenging. But the church needs to change. I need to change. We all, our leaders, we all need to change. Because we're looking at a church across our country that has been relatively ineffective in reaching our culture. And I don't want to do this for the heck of it. I don't want to, to be doing church just to do church. We're here for a different reason. So I want you to take a look at this video and... Um, this will give you some insight into who I am and where we're going. Hey friends, I'm Greg Wigfield, lead pastor of Destiny Church in Leesburg, Virginia. I've been asked to briefly share what we're doing to address the future of the church as it relates to our own personal experience. On March 10 of this year, I went into the hospital for back surgery. And by the time I came out of surgery and got off of the drugs, I discovered that our church had shut down, our school had shut its doors, and none of my business employees were coming back to their offices. Well, normally I'd freak out at something like this, but almost instantly I knew that God was in the middle of this situation, especially as it relates to our church. I knew that we would never be the same again. For years, I've been suggesting that the typical financial models that we use for churches were suspect at best, and really were not that overall helpful in our mission. What I did not know was that there was a situation brewing that would literally close the doors of churches all across our country and that we would be thrust into the future. 
And that's where we are today. So for the last nine months, we've been praying, getting coaching, Zooming with friends, doing everything possible to figure out what God wants from us and our leadership at this momentous time. I've purposely stayed away from the idea of going back to church. For me, that's like going back to Egypt. So if somebody talks about going back, I just turn that whole dial off. Through this time of prayer, there have been a couple of phrases that keep filling my mind and heart. Perhaps the most important phrase is this, put an end, put an end to spectator Christianity. I planted our church as an attractional model church. We've worked hard to make the church look great. And the model worked right up until it didn't. Our scorecard has been all based on our Sunday performance. The last nine months have shown us that this model is not pandemic proof whatsoever. Speaking of models, that leads me to our next important phrase, do away with all the models. I love models. I can quickly adapt to a new model in a heartbeat. But today I feel a strong sense that God wants us as a church to move away from any and every model that we have. Now don't get me wrong, models can be great. But for us, at this time, we truly believe that God wants to give us His plan for our church in so many ways. And I feel like the models that we've adopted over 20 years are like Saul's armor on David. We need to wear our own armor. The final phrase that we must adopt is this, make disciples. How novel. I'm beginning to think the reason we have models is because we've not been making disciples. So, Greg, what are you doing? <laughs> we have no idea. Well, I have no answers right now, but here is what we are doing to start. First, we're looking at the numbers, the financial numbers. Now this is important, especially if, if you have to turn a ship in a new direction. Do we have enough money to do this? In other words, how many giving people will leave our church? So we've evaluated our finances in a very subjective way. How much income do we think we will have as we move toward a non-spectator church? We've literally looked at every giving unit. We are thinking a worst case scenario of 50% loss of income. Now we hate that, but on the other hand, attractional is expensive and we'll save a ton of money just making that change. The other thing that we have going for us is that both of, my, both of our primary communicators, myself included, are co-vocational. We don't get paid from the church, so this gives us a huge financial advantage. Second, we're going into 2021 with 21 days of fasting and prayer with our entire church. We're opening our year with an intense spiritual focus and plea for God's help and direction. We're serious about this. Third, we are moving all of our small group ministry into Alpha for at least the spring semester. We feel that Alpha offers us an opportunity for discipleship from the bottom up while building into our people a heart for outreach. Fourth, we're moving our church services away from an attractional service to a believer service. Now this is gonna be the hardest change for me personally, but we feel strongly that our weekend services need to be more organic and spirit-led, not sloppy by any means, but something much different than we've been doing for the last 20 years. Subsequently, we also believe we will find our next crop of new believers in our micro-environments. Finally, we are moving our entire church into a place of essential ecclesiology. 
you know, after going through Larry Walkemeyer's session on that subject, we feel that we are locked in on our future church. I like the idea that Larry is not talking about minimal ecclesiology, but essential ecclesiology. As we prepare for our future of reproduction, we want to be able to use our home-based churches as an example of what every new plant will have as its guide. So, coming out of COVID-19, this is what we're doing with the church that we are stewarding. Will it work? Hey, I don't know. But I'm 67 years old, and this might be my last shot at getting this right. And I personally have never been more excited about something that I don't understand than at any other time in my ministry life. If I can just be part of what's next in this kingdom endeavor, I will be a most blessed man. So, wow, there you go. Um, we have a lot to uh, talk about over the next month or so. So here's how we're going to start. When I said that I don't really know what we're doing, I truly mean we don't know what we're doing. But we do know who does know and who we need to be follow, following, and that's God. We know that He knows what He, what, what the body of Christ is supposed to look like in our country and in the world around us. And so, we are going to do the only thing that I know that we can do right now, and that is pray and fast and seek God for what He wants to do. So this year, we're changing up 21 days of prayer and fasting just a little. We're moving it up on the calendar. Our very first day of 21 days starts next Sunday, um, the, the 3rd of January. And, and on that day, we're going to meet in person for those of you who want to be here. But we're also going to live stream, and it'll be a little different uh, service than what we've normally had. There will be worship. There will be some other things that we normally do. But there is going to be a lot of prayer. And every morning at 6 a.m., we're going to have prayer through, through three weeks. We're going to do 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. That will also be live streamed, so if you don't want to come to the meeting here or you, you know, you're, you're trying to stay away from COVID and, and Christians, you can do that at home and watch and pray with us. And then on Saturdays, we'll meet here at nine o'clock for prayer. Sunday, we'll do it again. We're doing this for three weeks. Now there's something else that I want you to do for three weeks. I want you to fast. People ask me, you know, what is fasting? Well, it's not eating food. <laughs> and you can, you can make it other things if you want, but fasting is everything about not eating food. So let me, let me share this with you. There will be some people who will fast all food for 21 days during the fast. I realize that not everybody's going to do that. I'm okay with that. This is, if, if it's a rule, it's, it, it, we don't get anywhere. This needs to be a heart thing. For some of you, you could give up a meal a day and turn that time that you would be cooking and eating or buying fast food, you could spend that time praying. You could give up a week. You could take a week maybe of fasting food. Um, you could... Um, there's so many different ways that you can do this. You can take one day a week and fast for a 24-hour period. But I'm going to ask you to jump off the ledge with this. I'm going to ask you to fast 
and pray. You figure out what that means to you. Other people will say, well, I'm going to fast television or I'm going to fast uh, Facebook. Um, I think we ought to do that forever. But food. Make it somewhere in there about food. Fast food. Not fast food, but fast food. And let's see what God wants to do. Let's see what, what he might want to say to us. Some of us, myself included, really need this. We really need a turn in our spirit toward the things that God has for us. We need some miracles. We need some, some things to, to really put us where we need to be in the kingdom. Second thing we're going to do is we, we're changing all of our small groups for the first semester of 2021 to Alpha. Alpha, we've been doing this, I think, for over a year now, maybe even longer, I'm not sure. But Alpha is one of the best small group environments that you could ever have. Um, it came out of England, and, and it has revolutionized, the. It's, it's started this incredible movement of the spirit in England, which I didn't think anything could do that in England. And it's it's just amazing. It's a small group environment. Uh, if you meet in person, it usually involves food. Uh, but here's the deal. I want everybody in Destiny Church to go through Alpha. We, you, you'll have the opportunity to do it online if you want or in person. But I want every person, if you will do this, please, please do this with us. Let's not be spectators anymore. Let's get in this. Let's do the couple of things that we're doing here and get to it. Let's ask God to change us, to work in us. Alpha for me represents a couple things. First of all, it's a great uh, discipleship tool. It's a foundational discipleship tool. Second, it's a great way to reach other people for Jesus Christ. And then one other thing, it's probably going to be the primary way that we reach new people for Christ for our future. So let's get in this. Let's do it. I think that's about it. I think I've shared everything I could. I want to read a couple of scriptures and um, then we're going to just be uh, overwhelmed with an incredible song, I think. Um, Matthew chapter 16. This is where Jesus is with his uh, disciples at Caesarea Philippi, one of the most evil places on earth. And he talks to his disciples, and basically he's saying, hey, in the middle of this disastrous, nasty, culturally messed up place, he says, I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Now, I know a lot of us think these days, man, the culture here in this country has gone down the tubes. Things are so messed up. Well, it's true, but I got news for you. It's been true for quite a while. But it's in the middle of this that Jesus wants to put his church, the powerful church that he created. So let me read something else that comes with this. This is the commission that Jesus gave us. He says, 
I have given you all authority in heaven and on the earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples. Apparently, there were new disciples, and we're going to see new disciples. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And then a passage of Scripture that Brody has been sharing with you. I want to read this again. These are the last words of Jesus before he went to heaven. He says, now you know what I'm going to build. You know what you're supposed to do. But now, he says, I've got something I want to give you. It's something that we need. He says, but you will receive power. In other words, this is not a program. You're going to receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Folks, that's what we are going to be about in 2021. This is what we're going to do. This is what we're holding on to for dear life because we need to hear from God and to follow God and do what he says. So. You guys know I've been uh, binging on uh, Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir. I, I love their music. There's a song that uh, they sing that's called Hallelujah, You're Worthy. And I love the song. It's got some energy. But as you're listening to this, I want you to think about something. I want you to think about how God has brought us through this mess in 2020, how he's protected you and your family, how he has kept us. And I know some of you, you, you're still going through some difficult times and challenges, but you're here and God is, is with you and he's with us. And so we can just, as we listen to this song, we can give God glory and praise and thank him because in this most challenging time, he has been with us and he has worked in our lives and he has worked in and through our church. So let's worship him as the song is played.
Here's my prayer for you today. I pray specifically today for Destiny Church. I pray that we would embrace the change that God wants us to make, that we would become all that He has for us as a church. I pray that we would be filled with His Holy Spirit and would be able to invade our culture with the light of Jesus Christ. I pray that these upcoming 21 days of prayer and fasting would revolutionize our lives for the cause of Christ and His kingdom. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face toward you and give you peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen.